what's Frankie always say? Frankie says relax. And <laughs> I mean, nobody, nobody. After the events of game one and knowing Pablo Francois, we got the word and around the afternoon hours that he was getting the start and Darcy Kemper was uh, getting the night off. Nobody thought a shutout would be pitched. Not because Pablo Francois is not capable. It's just we thought a repeat of game one and just fast and furious goals were just going to be the norm in this series. Avalanche hang up four, three in two minutes, and don't give up anything to Edmund, Edmonton. Are you kidding me here? <laughs> I think uh, Darcy Kemper can take another game off, let him get even more right in the head and not so blur, much blurry vision. Yeah. Uh, but this was this was just a, another great game all around. But the focal point is our boy, Pablo Francois. Let's talk about this. Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli. With me, as always, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan, and the Avalanche are now two wins away from getting back to the mm. Stanley Cup in 137 years. Um, it, it was a good game. It was. They played a great game all around. You really didn't feel like there was any momentum shifts where the first game had all of that. It was just back and forth and back and forth. And this one, you just felt comfortable with how the ads were playing for the duration of this game. So uh, we're going to talk about it. But first things first, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Always appreciated. Follow the show on social media outlets, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram, questions, comments, concerns, opinions, Locked On Avalanche at gmail.com. And follow the show over on our YouTube channel, over on YouTube. Hit subscribe. Get notified when a new show goes live. All right, Shaggy, you, you got to be feeling good about this one. I have advocated for this man since the beginning of the playoffs. I tried to get him in in the Nashville series. You tried to get him in with a healthy Darcy Kemper. That's right, I did. Yeah. And it's about time. Um, no, this is <laughs> – I mean, I'm just as surprised as anyone. Like, 14 goals in game one. Four in game two and all by one team all by one team and Frankie shut out McKinnon Dreisaitl Vander Kane McDavid you said said uh, McDavid McDavid McDavid, and Dreisaitl Vander Kane Tyson Berry CC Zach Hyman like go down the list those guys are on a roll and they are and made them and not only was it Frankie that looked great, we talked about it in the last episode. The defense stepped up. Yes, and the and to the cherry on top, the foot was not taken off the gas. No, no, they, like defensively, <clears throat> they were they were great. Yeah, I do, I don't think I mean there's no well no there were there were a couple there were. Two, there was a, one that was right in front of Fransos. Um, I don't yeah. remember the player who had it, but yeah, 
he he put a bad shot. I think he missed the net entirely. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken, I think it went straight up or something like yeah yeah. Uh, but two that just come to my mind of like high danger shots for Edmonton. Other than that, the Avs defense was doing a great job of of not putting Francois in a position to not make the save. He he was I mean he had good line of sight on on a lot of the shots that were coming from you know maybe just inside the blue line they really weren't pressuring him all that much. He made a save from Ovechkin's office in one of the faceoff dots. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Taze had to kind of corral him in and say, "Hey, bud, we got it outside of the blue paint. You don't have to travel so far." Yeah. Uh, I'm looking up right now on Money Puck his the you know where the shots were coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, low danger shots twenty. Why there you go, man. Low danger shots twenty eight. Medium four. High danger shots zero. They've tracked it as zero. I mean, it, talk about this. This is this is a full team. Mm-hmm. Uh, change of of dynamic from game one to game two and it, and and obviously the players have to get the credit and yeah. jared bednar and the coaching staff has to get the credit they knew both teams knew like we can't keep playing like that we have to have some defense here and i guess if you want to give edmonton some credit for doing because they gave up three goals in two minutes mm-hmm. outside of that I mean, the Abs only got the one extra goal, and that was right at the end on a on a power play. Yeah. So okay, I think both teams turned up the the defense, but you can also say, all right, well, the Avalanche also had forty shots on goal again. Mm-hmm. So all right, you know everything. It's every the first period of this of this game was dead even. Yeah. Shots were pretty close. Um, you know, Corsi for Corsi against was almost fifty percent. For both teams, Avs had opportunities. Yeah. You know, right off the bat, you had Devon Taves, who had uh, uh, he was gunning right down the center that he had a good opportunity. Uh, Rantanen had one. I think uh, Lekkinen had one. They had the opportunities. And how many times have we seen it this postseason where the Avs have a really good first period, but nothing to show for it on the scoreboard, and then they come out in the second and put up some goals and they did it again and this was an avalanche of goals pardon the pun but in in two minutes and like four seconds and and that was the game and that was something we were talking about in the uh in the lockdown avalanche twitter space was not only was that first period goalless you wanted one of those goals so bad because you wanted frankie to have just a little bit of support like you know what Frankie's capable of, but you wanted to know what Francois could do with just a little bit of support, where he could settle in, take a breath, and not feel like if I let one by, that might be it. Because that's how it kind of felt in that first period. This could be the game winner off one shot because it was so even and down the middle, and a lot tighter than game one. Yeah. So you really wanted that support, and then you get that that bunch of goals in that second period, and you really felt good, and then Frankie really settled in. And it was a really good feeling going into that third and the cherry on the top well, from Nathan McKinnon. And, and then, and then you know, with the, with the three goals uh, happened early in the second. And what you didn't, when I put this up on Twitter, like w- what you didn't want to happen was 
give up a goal. Especially like how the Avalanche have been doing late in the period. And Edmonton had two opportunities Mm -hmm. late in the second with power plays to get that goal. And I'm like, you know, I'm still okay. Okay, if if they do give up a goal, it's still three to one. But you've given up another late goal, and Edmonton can go into the locker room using that momentum, and the, yeah. and the penalty carried over into the third period. But they killed both of them. Yeah. So to score those three goals and then continue to shut down Edmonton was massive. I can't understate that because especially with Fran- and as the game goes on and Francois is making these saves he's not always in the best position uh and and TNT did a good job of, of kind of really like showing like eagle eye views of him sometimes he is way out of the crease and again yeah. I never played goalie but I know that's not really where you want to be and especially against a team like Edmonton Edmonton couldn't take advantage of it last night no and- so We'll see how it goes in game three. You brought up the great point of not only did the Avalanche hold on, like the last minute of the period is really bad here lately in the playoffs for the Avalanche and letting mm-hmm. up goals and for them to kill the that penalty, well, have the penalty kill and kill that penalty off going into the next period. Like that was a clutch moment. I think one of the most clutch moments of the game. Yeah. Yeah, because I think it was – it was less than a minute. I think they had to kill going when the third period mm-hmm. started, but uh, there's a big difference between when that penalty carries over in just the surface of the ice. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like teams look forward to that, and when they have a penalty to start a period on a fresh sheet of ice, and you got, I think it was like I, I can't remember exactly. It was forty-five seconds or something like that. Could be wrong, but yeah. I know it was less than a minute. Sometimes it's all they need. Yeah. And and to shut that down was was big. Now on the other end with power plays, Avalanche oh. were one for seven. It's a little bit skewed, but uh, because at the end they, they 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 there was a couple penalties called on Edmonton, which we'll get to the goonery later. But um, it didn't start off great for the Avs in power plays. You had a five on three for over a minute and a half. And I, I believe they got one shot on goal. Like that cannot happen. Like when you have a five on three, I know you want to move the puck around and get. You're waiting for that perfect look because it's a five on three. Something yeah. is going to open up where you can throw a, an easy shot in the net. But when that's not happening, when that's not materializing, just throw a puck on net. They have three guys out there. They can't cover the the ice that five guys can or even four guys can. So I want the abs like, fine, move it around a little bit. If you can get that perfect shot they're looking for, fine. If it's not happening, throw a puck on net because you have five guys or, or ignore the guy that took the shot. You have four guys there to clean up the mess. And the abs just aren't doing that on a five on three. It wasn't a good way to start, and I know there was a lot of people like that was horrible. Um, I'm not going to say it wasn't, uh, but it, it, we can talk. We, we can talk about that in, in a different context now because of the way the game ended. But we mm-hmm. can't forget about that. Like that, that yeah. does need to change if the Avs get another opportunity. There's no way Burakovsky meant that much to the power play to where no. you <laughs> <laughs> that you walk away with one shot like that's bad and like 
I look at it this way every time when the Avalanche like fumble the power play like this. That's that's six goals you left out there. It could be a ten nothing shutout game. Like, I mean, if you go seven for seven on a power play, which is, I mean, <laughs> it's it's you had the opportunity and you it's you it's a main advantage. It's an advantage. Like they refer to it as the main advantage. Like take advantage of the opportunity. Like if you didn't have that that bunch in the second period of goals, hmm. it would be a one nothing game. Right. Like that's uh, it's the difference in a. A ten nothing game and a one nothing game is your power play. Well, let's we'll talk about the power plays at the end and how the game kind of when games like this happen, you, you know the the team that's on the losing end is going to get some shots in to kind of set the tone for for the next game. Um, but I want to talk about the dynamic between how Edmonton handled it and how the Avalanche handled it right at the end. Uh, but first, let's hear from betonline.net. And I hope you didn't listen to us and go with the over in this one. Because <laughs> that's that's why it's uh, I, I choose my bets sparingly, Mr. Shaggy Von Doom. I was this close to doing it. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Uh, but betonline.net, it's your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchups, the NHL hockey conference finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, the latest fighting news in MMA and UFC to boxing. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in the action. BetOnline.net, where the game starts. So, like I was saying, um, you get that. You get guys kind of giving some cheap shots and stuff like that and 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 you didn't get that in game one you you got none of that everybody was on their best behavior and then you know in this game it it, when you kind of knew that when they when the abs got that four to nothing lead maybe even in between that like a little bit before that the thing with like bone uh, bone byram when he kind of went over on the board and and you're, you're pulling him like that stuff is such trash to me like if if you're gonna do something do it out on the ice don't do it to a guy who's you know out there and and he gets checked into your bench and then you're gonna i remember when jt confer got pulled back i think it was by someone on i think we're playing detroit um yeah i can't remember who it was but same thing like whoever it was just pulled his jersey like right back into like i I don't have any tolerance for for garbage like that but they did call him for it good Mm-hmm. And then you had Darnell Nurse gooning it up. Obviously, you had Evander Kane doing that. And at the end, uh, number one, well, first of all, why are you going after Josh Manson when you know his father is your coach? He sent it out. He's like, we got to take him out. <laughs> because I have to assume that that Josh Manson's father was not the one who <laughs> – he didn't order the hit, basically, is – so, because if he did, like I said before, you're not going to see your granddaughter if that's, that's true. You. So I, I, I'm not, I'm joking here. I don't think he did that. I think it was completely up to Evander Kane to go after him. Um, but look at the response from the Avalanche. The mm-hmm. like the Avalanche could have taken that and said, now we have a five on three because then they called Nurse for uh, cross checking to Chuskin right at the end, and even there was like a minute to go. The Avs could have thrown their first unit out there and said, we're going to pot another one on you for, for, you know, those ridiculous actions. 
But what is that really? Gonna, that, that's just kind of like self-serving for the avalanche. Um, I would have done it. <laughs> I'll be, <Yeah. laughs> I, I'll, I'll fully admit that that stuff like angers me, but Jared Bednar was like, no, we got this game in hand. We're going to take our two to nothing lead and, and go to our locker room. Yeah. And that's the thing I've, that's really stood out about this, this avalanche team and their swagger in the whole playoffs. It's, it's very corporate, very just like, we're going to take care of business. You're not going to affect our game. Like it's, mm. Like in the St. Louis series with Nas and his reaction, it's just very corporate. Like, we'll do our thing. And at that point when the Goonery started, you started to feel like the game was out of reach for Edmonton. Like there was no chance for that to come back. And they were prepping to try and make it a little bit harder for game three when this series goes back to Edmonton and maybe give theirself a little advantage by messing up a little Bo Byram or maybe a Kale McCarr or you know, just add a little bit extra on those hits and affect them to be day-to-day or questionable for game three, just throw them off their game a little bit. But the Avalanche didn't respond to that. Right. And I have no problem with um, with Edmonton doing that. Mm-hmm. I don't. Like, I, I, get, I get that. That's the game within the game. Yeah. But it's how you do it and what I'm paying attention to. You don't rip a guy's helmet off who... No. Who, the guy on, on the bench. Uh, you know, going after Cam McCarr, like the first hit in Cam McCarr was fine, and then he followed it up with an elbow to his head. Yeah, um, and then you have, you know, uh, cross checking Donachuskin right into the boards. Like, if you like, when a play is 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 dead, and you want to, you know, do some face washing and stuff like that, I got no problem with that. But um, I, I just wasn't appreciative of how Edmonton did it, and I I kind of wish Jared Bednar said we're gonna. I wonder if he would have if the next game was at home. Maybe going into Edmonton, you, you maybe didn't want to give them any more, uh, I guess, bulletin board material. So maybe he's, you know, thinking of it that way. I don't know. You know, the best way to stop that from happening, because we talked about it in the first segment, the Scores. power play was ineffective. Yeah, score, score goals. seven goals, and where they're like, you know what? I don't want to go back to that box because they're going to put another one on us. Yeah, yep. Take the sting out of it. Absolutely. Um, so, other than that, I mean, we we the focus should be uh, on on Pablo Francos yes. because, uh, and we talked about him in the beginning. So, you know, he 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 gave Darcy Kemper another night off. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any way, even if, if Kemper is 100%, uh, I don't think you pull him, not after pitching a shutout. So uh, we, we probably won't even hear if Kemper is, is ready to go uh, because game three is, is Pablo Francois in net. I, there wasn't a timetable announced at all. There wasn't a day-to-day no. or anything. It was just out. So yeah. and I and I think that's on purpose. They're they're not yeah. going to throw a timetable out because of this specific reason. If Pablo Francois plays well, he's playing game three, and I think the only thing that you well, I'm just kind of thinking this on the fly of of okay, if Kemper's good to go, you would put him as your backup. So maybe that visual is okay. He he's good to go, but we're still going with the guy who just pitched the shutout. I think anybody would be against that. And if anybody saw Darcy Kemper on the bench for Game Three, they'd be like, "Yeah, like he he should be there." Number one, because he's he's struggling a little bit, and you know the guy that replaced him just shut out Connor McDavid and Edmonton Oilers 
he's he's been granted another start. So I I honestly I still stand by I think this is the Frankie show for the rest of the series. Of this series. You don't think for the rest of I mean if they make it to the Santa Cup finals, that's a different animal. You know, I I said this tonight or last night in the Twitter space. This is a beautiful narrative that the Avalanche are painting right now. Round one, taking out Duchesne. Round two, taking out O'Reilly. Yeah. Round three, possibly Barry and McDavid. And then w- for so many years, we've been hearing about Frankie's on the way. He's going to take over, replace Grubauer. He's going to be your 1A. What a beautiful story that could be painted that he takes over finally in the playoffs in a round that we never get to uh, play in. Take us to the... Stanley Cup that we never get to play in mm. and possibly win the whole thing on the back of Frankie. It's a beautiful narrative that the Avalanche could paint in this playoffs. And I really feel like if we get another incredible performance, just like we had last night in game three, I believe the starter position has shifted. I'm not going to go that far just yet. Mm. I, am, I, I can't go that far just yet. I, I still think, you know, Grubauer is, is not Grubauer. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> no. Uh, Kemper is, is, is your guy. Um, you know, because we, we were talking how long, pretty much for most of the season, we're saying your, your, your top priorities in the off season are found the Chuskin and Darcy Kemper. And I still hold true to that. So, uh, but, I, but I'm glad Pablo Francois is going to be around um, to do things like this. Like this was a very avalanche game mm-hmm. on both sides of the ice. They got a lot of shots on net. They scored four goals. They held their opponent to 23, 24 shots on goal. Um, that is serviceable. That, that Pablo Franzos can win that game, mm-hmm. you know, but look for Edmonton to change their game plan and throw a lot more shots on net. Can he handle that? Is the question if if the, these roles are reversed and forty shots are thrown towards Pablo Francois? I mean, that's a lot to ask to, to pitch a shutout with forty shots on goal. But can he hold them to one or two goals? That remains to be seen, and I think you're going to get that in in Game Three with him. So uh, he did great work in Game Two. The work is not done for the Avalanche, and especially for him because you're going to get a different look. You're going to get it, it, it's home ice for Edmonton. Um, you know, he, he's going to have to be on his game because they are, they're down two to nothing. Now they are going to throw everything at you. He's going to have to be up for the cha- challenge. I feel like scoring six less goals is not working for Edmonton. So I would definitely mm-hmm. change it up. Yeah, you would think. <laughs> All right, let's get to our sound check. Um, and anybody that's just joining after every avalanche game, win or lose Kyle and I pick one song each that both, we feel uh, represents or summarizes the game that the abs just played. And we throw these songs up on a playlist over on Spotify. Just search LOP and soundcheck and follow that playlist along. So what do we got for game two Edmonton and Colorado? This is another one of those. I'm putting my fingerprint in the playlist that when everybody goes to listen to it on Spotify and they put it on shuffle, this song will come up and they're like, Oh, this has got to be a shaggy pick. Um, Connie Francis song is just Frankie, Frankie, wherever you are. I love you. Yeah. (laughs) It's a, yeah, this is a song devoted to Frankie and Connie Francis's love for a man named Frankie at some point in 19, whenever, um, 
it's an old school like fallout sounding song it's a good song so frankie this one's for you bud uh see i'm i'm i had mine ready and i I, i'm now i don't know if i should change it or not i don't know if i should i don't i don't want to i don't want to um (laughs) God, that's such a good one. I wish I thought of it before, but I can't. I can't change it. I'm locked in. Um, all right. I, I, I went with uh, 90s uh, rap hip hop icons, Public Enemy, and shut them down. And mm. that's exactly what uh, our boy Frankie did last night. I'll tell you what I was going to tell you what I just thought of. I was going to go with because when you said that this name of the song was Frankie, I'm like, I got, why didn't I go with a Frankie Valley song? Oh, and, you know, there's yeah. also that uh, Frankie Sinatra by the Avalanches. Is do I know the Avalanches? They ha- that's what they, they they have a song called that. They have a song called Frankie Sinatra. Frankie Sinatra. That's hilarious. That's so. so no, but I, I got to go. Public Enemy. Uh, we we don't have too much rap on the uh, on the playlist. We so need a little let, bit let, more. Let, let's throw some Public Enemy on there and uh, shut them down. Shut them. Shut them. Shut them down. Because. Mm. Uh, that's what Frankie did. So, um, all right. A couple other things I wanted to get to. One was I don't like to complain about um, the presentation of of uh, the game, whether whatever station it's on. Like, I think Altitude does a great job, but obviously this is on Altitude. Um, when you have these national broadcasts, uh, you, you can kind of pick out like, who the the announcers even though they're supposed to be neutral are kind of pulling for and i'm not saying they're pulling for edmonton a lot of people are like well gretzky's you know up in the booth like he he is he is so pro edmonton i get that he played for them come on it's because the team that he picked we knocked him out of the playoffs right (laughs) um but i was noticing when like they were making a lot of excuses for edmonton not doing things, not like getting like good shots on net or or turning the puck over, whatever the case may be, they were making excuses for Edmonton rather than giving Colorado the credit for causing Edmonton to not do those things, if that makes sense. And they were doing it. They were giving credit to the Avalanche. I don't want to say this was like completely one sided and they were giving a lot of credit to Francois, um, but when like a play would happen. It was almost like, well, the reason why Edmonton couldn't do this is because they screwed up, not because Colorado forced them to screw up. And I don't know if anybody else was like kind of noticing that. I'm sure there were people who who did, but is this just like, and we get this all the time with the abs. Like when they played the Rangers on MSG, that was a Ranger broadcast yeah. during the regular season. Like, let's get real. It was crazy. So I, we're, I'm used to it. And again, I don't want to like, I want to emphasize like it wasn't, I didn't get that vibe that they were like rooting for Edmonton. It was just frustrating that more credit wasn't going to Colorado for creating havoc for, for Edmonton. Chris, you know, it's because the avalanche are bland or wait a minute, uh, a hot girl with no personality. That's the other one. Um, yeah. Um, they're just, and, yeah. and because they 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 play at a high altitude for some reason. Oh, the high altitude, yep. and any team with Nathan McKinnon should um, win. And Kale McCarr and Gabe Landeskog, right? They should, yeah. Like, 
Why? I, Edmonton I mean, should. They have McDavid. This is why they should be able to do all this. Right. I mean, you held them to 24 shots on goal and, and you shut them out. Uh, just give some credit. Give, give a little bit more credit. So it was it was a little frustrating. And I don't expect that to change going into Edmonton now. So. But McDavid can take over a game whenever he wants to. Yeah, but he didn't. And why didn't he? Because the Avalanche had a great defensive game plan. So I don't Not know. on my broadcast. <laughs> uh, speaking of your broadcast, which was uh, the, the Twitter spaces, which was uh, blowing up, which is awesome. Uh, there was some... People who weren't happy with some chance going on in Ball Arena. Explain what was going on there. That's right. I went to Chris and I tattled. Um, <laughs> He's supposed to report to me every night, people. So that's right. I have a, yeah. a written report. You guys don't understand. Right. I write out yeah. a report. Um, yeah. The we want the comp chance. I want this in the YouTube comments. I want to hear your side of this. Um, I was told there's no wrong or right answer but I'm right. Um, <laughs> is we want the cup chanted at ball arena. Is that something that messes with superstition? I feel like it is not. Um, yeah, it is literally the goal from Seattle to Ottawa, to Columbus, to Tampa, to Colorado. When you start the season, you want the cup when it's yeah. plated the commercial it's chanted in the background. It's literally what you want. And you have a team that you're finally confident in that can do it. You could say we want the cup. You can say we want the cup because like you just said, that's what you want. You're not saying we got the cup. You're not, you're not saying like it's in the bag like that. I wouldn't say, and even though I, I, I don't, I'm not buying into superstitions. I still wouldn't say that just because we've won nothing. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, going through the, the, the seasons that we've gone through in the past, even though we are sitting pretty right now, two wins away from getting to that Stanley Cup final, like we know, you know, you're, you're still playing a good team. We, we know we've been on the opposite end of this. We've so, cried. We want the cup in 1617. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, no, I, I, I don't have a problem with it. I, I really don't, because that's. Like you said, that, that, that that's the goal. That yeah. is the goal. So I, I am interested to see what people like. And even going even further than that with like the conference final, like trophies and how like teams don't want to do touch we that. touch them? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I am grabbing that thing. I'm not going to pass it around like it's a Stanley cup, but I'm always the guy that's like, grab like that's an achievement. It's don't been 20 years. It Celebrate it. They're probably, you know, whatever team, I guarantee you, whatever team wins these conference finals, they won't. Because that seems to be the the trend lately is that they're not touching the that trophy. I'm against that. I grab it. it it's, it's been, especially for guys like, like Nathan McKinnon, who he's been in the league for how long and hasn't won you know what. Yeah. Well, now you did. You won something. Celebrate it. Grab it. Go into the locker room. Enjoy it. Um. I do want to get to this comment too. Uh, Jay Woodcroft, Edmonton head coach. Uh, this is from <clears throat> Daniel Nugent Bowman. And I don't know if this person, he's a, oh, he's a reporter for The Athletic. So he said, Woodcroft made a point not to criticize the referees and tried not to um, after the game. <clears throat> However, he felt 
Yamamoto was in a, quote, vulnerable position on the Landeskog hit and said he's sure the league will look at it. Uh, He also made it a point to say that they were shorthanded seven times. Um, You were shorthanded seven times because your team made boneheaded penalties. Those were easy penalties to call. Every single one of them. So don't get mad at the refs. Get mad at your team for being stupid. I'll say that about that. That's ridiculous. And about the Landeskog hit, it's not Landeskog's hit uh, problem that Yamamoto is like five foot five or five foot four. He's a little guy. I like him. I like him a lot. But that any hit on him is going to look a little bit more severe than it is because of his size. It's like Sammy Gerrard. I was about to say, Sam Gerrard, every hit looks brutal. It does. That was a, a that was a good hit by yeah. Gabe Landeskog. And I was I was not even thinking about it and talking about it on this episode until I saw that comment. So I think that's a coach who's just disgruntled right now, who's who's mad at his team and he's gonna blame everybody else except his own team for doing stupid things. So grow up. All right, uh, that's going to wrap it up for today. Thank you for making this your first listen. Always appreciated. Uh, well, they're playing Saturday, so we got to figure out if we're doing uh, a Saturday night show for Sunday. Uh, I don't know. Follow us on on Twitter, um, and we'll, we'll kind of play that by ear. If, if nothing else, obviously, we'll definitely have one for Monday. But uh, depending if the, if the game goes well, even if it doesn't, you know, sometimes when it's a loss, we always have a lot to talk about too, but let's not <laughs> plan for that. Uh, I don't know. We'll play it by ear. Why don't you just subscribe to the show? And then if we have one, you get the notification. You'll have it. So, uh, but that's going to wrap it up for us today, everybody. Abs up, 2 nothing. Two more wins. They're in the cup final. Let's go hmm. get it. It's a, it's a good sound. I like saying things like that. So, oh. got to love it. Um, until next time, he's Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli, and this is the Locked On Avalanche Podcast. We'll see you guys soon. Go, Abs, go.